Live from VentureX Studios, it's J.P., Kathy, and the crew. You know, I thought it was a good idea to let Chuck actually say that this morning. You know, normally we kind of cut him off. Oh, I didn't notice that. We do. And, you know, the poor guy. Can I hear your mic? I don't know. Hey, I like this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like this guy. (laughs) I like this guy. Yeah, if he's going to cut my mic from the beginning, it's all good. We need to pay him double. And speaking of good, we've got Dr. Good with us. Ask Dr. B. Good. Good morning. Morning, everyone. Happy, happy already fourth, but worth saying again. Um, It was a great weekend. I hope you had as much patriotism being shown by neighbors as we did it was a it was a wonder to watch that's so awesome i see i love hearing that because you know you hear of so many folks putting down our country right now there's an article that jp and i are going to talk about sometime here in the near future with college kids dogging america and so in order to you know when you hear of oh I, now i'm kind of real real Oh, ah, good morning. <laughs> so when you hear that, you know, you're out at the lake and you've got all your neighbors and everybody's all happy and patriotic and proud of their country, that does your heart good because that's the way it should be all the time. Yeah, I mean, people went out of their way to decorate their boats and their docks oh, and their it. lake houses. There was so much uh, patriotic stuff, you know, everywhere. And I hadn't seen that in a while so love it you know, love it love it love it Ohio when I you know. so the the article that caught my eye this week was the uh, statewide math learning loss I know we've talked about yes our star scores um the learning losses across the state as we talked about were were bad now we have the Dallas County ones in and goodness gracious um let me let me fill your your heads with a little um data here first of all they had it between third and eighth grade, uh, the scores, and every score went down. Um, it, it, in Dallas County, almost all of them were 40% loss or more. Whereas previously, for example, yeah, previously in, in Carrollton Farmers Branch, it had been um, 36, it went to 64%. Okay, Cedar Hill was 45 in 2019, it went to 64% loss. Dallas was 42 in 2019, it went to 71% loss. Oh. DeSoto, 52 in 2019, it went to 71% loss. Duncanville ISD was 39% two years ago, 64%. Um, God, and rough. Lancaster, it was 26% in 2019, went to 62%. Garland, 33%, went to 72%. And oh. Richardson, Richardson was 37% two years ago, 69% loss. That's what we're talking about. I mean, phenomenal losses. So uh, the talk is now to rethink the way we we teach math, not only because of the pandemic. We were having math losses before, right? Kids struggled with math before the pandemic. But now they're showing us, first of all, virtual, except for the anomaly kid, it's just it's not a good way of teaching. They don't have the manipulatives at home. They don't have the small groups at home. They don't have um, just that peer group of wanting to learn together. All of that stuff wasn't there, and it obviously made a difference. So um, just phenomenal loss. So um, just 
parent, uh, if you're in any, if you're in Dallas County, um, chances are your child lost a lot of ground in math, probably in reading as well. But mm. um, as we reported before, the math scores took the biggest hit. Whereas in the past, reading usually was lower. Right. So, uh, what to do about that? Uh, as I've suggested on my show before, uh, there's opportunities just everywhere this summer to not only do reading, but also math. The schools have reading and math softwares that they always would like for parents to encourage their kids to do right. during the summer. This would be an especially good summer to, you know, half an hour every day of one, right? Yeah. Math today, reading tomorrow, alternate it so you don't make it too um, too much of drudgery. But the, the urgency is certainly there. Yes. And even before the pandemic, um, in the article it reported that it took up to two years to mitigate learning loss in kids. And so being able to mitigate what's happened during the pandemic in two years will be a miracle. Yeah, it will be. So, Dr. Good, do they ever catch back? I mean, do you ever catch up with a loss like this? It depends. It depends on the it really is almost like a perfect storm. You have to have a great school, a great yep. teacher, great parents yep. that motivate this kid to move forward. Can it be done? Yes. Matter of fact, I've reported um, we've had a lot of immigrant kids, kids from Croatia and, and ravaged, war-torn, ravaged countries that come here when they're 10 or 12. And they're, they really haven't had much academic time in their in their country because of the war. They come here and they succeed. And so we can't write off every kid because of the pandemic. We can't. But we have to make sure that the elements are in place. And that includes a very focused set of parents and making sure the school is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, As as we talked about, I believe, last week, we talked about the accelerated learning uh, committee that is now going to make sure that any child who did not meet or who approaches Remember the four levels, and and I'm I'm doing teaching right. I'm 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 going over what I've taught previously to, to teach to the gaps, but that's what that's how we learn, right? Yeah, I, it, I mean these are these are staggering numbers. I mean uh, JP and you you know you're working with truancy. There's four levels of will now be considered failing, uh, whereas approaches used to be considered passing. And then if, if the child did not take the STAR test because he or she was virtual and did not want to come to the school or the parents have a problem with STAR, they will be put in the accelerated learning um, group. So that's just what the state is telling schools to do right. with classifying kids. And then, if, if you remember, three to one in a group, unless the parents agree to a larger group, every parent in that larger group must sign off that they're okay with a larger group than three for their um, tutoring. So, I mean, things are in place. Now we have to make sure that the schools carry it out faithfully and that parents are stay on top of it. And again, that's always my message. Parents, you're the child's first teacher. You're the child's greatest advocate. You must make sure the schools are doing this. Please, please, please. Having faith in your school, um, it means that you're possibly uh, putting your child at risk, your child's learning at risk. So um, we we all want to trust our schools, but trust but verify. Is oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, one of the things, one of the observations, and this may be taking us back a little bit, but I was waiting to jump in. When I did math, math wasn't so intensified in reading. Um, When I did math in elementary school, for example, I remember doing the addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, 30 problems or 40 problems on a page in 60 seconds, right? Start the clock. Here we go. That was our repetitive math drill uh, in elementary timed school. Math well, tests. Timed math test. Yes. Well, and he didn't, our teacher didn't, Mr. Omada didn't count it as a test, right? It was a, a daily function. It was right. something we did when we came in. You sat we, down, yeah, you got, you sat absolutely. Down. That yep. was our get our yep. brain going kind of a deal, right? Yep. And I loved doing it. Like it was competitive for me. And so um, I always had my 40 problems done way ahead of the 60 seconds and um, always got them 100% right. Because oh, well, you always had, like, the desk, uh, the group, your desk mates, you know, that we called right. them. And you wanted to be the first one to put your pencil down, man. Right. That was like, I, I slammed mine down first. Right. <laughs> and and I, I just don't, I don't remember in elementary school math being so reading intensive. So when Katerina goes through school, all of a sudden math is really no longer math. It's reading intensive math problems. And, of course, Katerina had dyslexia. And so Katerina's biggest issue was having to read those math problems, right? Um, well, it turned out that that was okay for her. Math really got her later on in high school. Um, but I think, to me, that seems to be a big difference between my era, which would have been high school in the 80s, graduating in 90, versus what Katerina went through, which was long reading math problems in elementary school. You know, you just gave me an idea for a portion of my show, um, <laughs> and that is to throw up a few questions from the sixth grade reading math state test. I challenge any parent who is curious about what you just said to go to the release star on the Texas Education Agency website and look at the sixth grade math test. It is paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. There is, um, There are very few just pure computation problems anymore. And so uh, part of what we have to train kids now in math is to identify unnecessary information in the narratives of those test items. And so it's just not about solving the math problem. It's about trying to understand the narrative enough to see if they've thrown in some, some things in there that uh, are there to, to fool you. You know, we always talk, try to tell kids that a lot of our test questions are there to sort of trick kids into choosing the wrong answer. So it's, it's very, very intense. Uh, that's a good word for our state test anymore. So I guess my question is, Dr. Good, and because I don't, I don't know, because, you know, I was, I was a judge for 30 years during this time frame, but I wasn't in the classroom. And until Katerina, I didn't know that we had switched over and kind of abandoned basic math skills and arithmetic for reading problems uh, to build our math skills. When did that transition happen where we left doing those division and multiplication tables and you know what I'm saying? And then working into algebra and then algebra two and geometry and. I think there was a slow creep because um, when I started in 1986, the one of the early tests, the teams or the tabs started and 
I think the the every time we change to a new test type, you know, from tabs to teams to packs to star, things got harder. And so I, I, there's been a creep up, more narrative added to the word problems every time the test style changed. You know what's interesting is, is I talked to my buddies who were doing engineering, aerospace, uh, engineering, civil engineering, electrical engineering. They're not telling me they're doing word problems. <laughs> you know, they're, they're telling me they're using equation-based math, that they're having to problem-solve. Um, and, and so I don't, it, it almost seems like we've taken away from the engine. I know, I remember, was it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were having a shortage in engineers and we felt like our math wasn't geared towards engineers anymore. And really until, to me, until you get to probably algebra two trig or calculus, you're really not playing in the engineer world anymore. You know, uh, if, if the business world needs for the test to change, they need to become vocal with their legislators. That's how it works. I, we're all very curious who is advising our legislators because they, they, they vote on things and we get these laws that uh, have all these pieces to it. And it's like, who did this? Who, who advised them? It wasn't any of us in the field. So if we get, <laughs> get hit with this stuff, you know, blindsided a lot of times. And, you know, matter of fact, that's something you might ask Van Taylor since he was in the state uh, legislation um, body before going to Congress. You might ask him if if you run out of things to talk about. Ha ha. Um, right. Right. What does he remember <laughs> from his legislative days as far as the state test and, and who was advising legislators and so forth? That might be a great <laughs> segment. Yeah, that really would be because, I mean, again, I just – I don't understand it. I mean, my math skills today, you know, I can take large-scale problems um, of multiplication, addition, grocery store, Home Depot, and I am able to use my math skills from elementary school. Oh, absolutely. And even even the, the word problems that we had in elementary school, you know, if you're on a, a bus and, you know, you travel so many miles and, you know, some basic things like that, which I, gosh, I always hated word problems. But, um, but those are the things that would come up in everyday kind of day-to-day tasks, so to speak. Um, I just wonder, you know, we got, you know, it worked out for all of us. Okay. You know, Dr. Good, you did very well in life. JP's doing well. I'm doing all right. You know, Hey, so at some point, did, you know, if it worked for us, if it worked for our parents, if it worked for our grandparents, then why do we have to switch everything up and trick everything up when our kids came along? You know, <laughs> Those are those are actually political questions, and they they are they're math questions, yep. they're school questions. But those are actually all uh, it, it all involves politics. It all starts in your legislative body. Yep. And so you're making me very curious. I may have to pop into uh, Paxton and Leach's office and see if they will answer some of these questions. I think that would be a great segment. Yep. I do too. I, I think so. So, yeah. th- and you're welcome. We just produced a new show for you. Well, and before <laughs> before we bring Van on, um, I wanted to kick this out your way. I don't know if you've heard Weingarten come on this morning and claim that the National uh, Teachers Union is willing to, I guess they're getting ready to pack up millions of dollars in their legal defense fund 
And mm-hmm. any teacher that is censored or disciplined for teaching critical race yeah. theory, uh, they're going to take it to court, by golly. And so I don't oh, know. Oh, I did not. Was that out this you, morning? Yeah, I did not hear that morning. yet. Wow. Don't know if you heard. I mean, I listened to her interview. She didn't say by golly, by the way. I added by golly. <laughs> You know, I think I think some we need to do a full stop on all this, and 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 have the right understanding. I don't think teachers are being told don't teach about diversity, don't teach about uh, cultural differences, but somehow that's the message that's being received, and so we yes. we've mixed it up again. Doggone it! Somehow have mixed uh, messed up our message again. And, you know, of course we need our teachers to help our kids uh, understand and appreciate diversity. Nobody's saying don't do that, but it's being wrapped up around CRT and then, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Right, (sighs) right, which we're real good at that, (laughs) yeah. Oh, goodness gracious, yes. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yep. Definitely. And, and, and we'll definitely keep talking about that because that seems to be just the hot topic. Anybody who's talking about running for re-election for school board or who is running for the first time coming up this next cycle, that's the number one question that 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 literally seems to be the litmus test at this point. Yeah, yeah we, we haven't gotten our narrative right around helping I was, I'll take it as helping our children, but it's really our, our, our society um, be able to speak comfortably about um, diversity and, and the differences in culture that leads to appreciating the culture. And that one, we have one race, right? It's a human race. Right. Let's concentrate on one race, many cultures, and appreciating the cultures, and then maybe we can stop all this hate. Boy, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, then you need to run for president. If you've got that figured out, 2024 is your year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm running for HOA in our neighborhood. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Thank you. Thank you. Great information. Good Ask to see Dr. you. Be good on Sundays. Absolutely. Don't want to miss yeah, it. That's right. Don't miss out. All right. Thank you, Dr. Be good. Bye-bye. All right. Well, you know, and again, critical race theory, we're going to, you and I are going to take that up further Um, down the road here. Yeah. Because one of the comments that Weingarten made this morning was that um, teachers should be allowed to teach historical truth. Well, and I I reflect back at this point, I thought that that's what school boards were for in the State Board of Education. Was she saying that they're. The teaks and hand down, you know, what had to be taught and the way it was to be taught and. I know a lot of teachers left teaching because they wanted more freedom to teach the way they wanted to teach, uh, and they weren't allowed to, right? And so I I just don't understand. I mean, you don't get a free card to teach whatever you want. Well, and and here's here's an issue. And, And I just recently helped tutor somebody for a test, and I looked at the, I'm using air quotes, study guide, and I thought, wait a second, so when your teacher lectured you or what book did they use or what this no just youtube videos and things like that and so i'm like I, you know it just kind of makes you wonder where where this 
Yeah, where where are teachers? Again, I had a syllabus. I had certain things that I had oh that I had to teach, and so you do so, and you don't right. deviate from the norm. It's not Kathy's public school system, you know. Right. I, I don't know. Good morning, there, Congressman Taylor. Hello, Congressman. Uh oh, we're losing sound. There, there we go. There it is. There we go. He hit JP, he hit Kathy, and he, and he hit, hit the, the crew. crew. Just like See, always. I've missed we that. love I've missed it. That. Good morning, good morning, good morning. He's the only one that's ever picked that up, by the way. I know, and I love that. You know, what it tells me is he's a higher intellect like my father. My father would have picked would that Would do up. something like that, yes. Right. Because it's only appropriate, right? Sorry about that there, Congressman Taylor. We've been kicking around the uh, Wine Garden uh, press conference and what the NEA is saying now, and so... We won't drag you into that conversation just yet. Uh, but I okay. I know we, we touched on infrastructure. We spent a lot of time last week on the border because that is a major concern crucial, for Texans. Crucial, yeah. um, I know that we had a lot of people with a lot of questions on the feed. I don't know if Anna went back and saw some of the questions um, about what are we actually going to do on the border. Um, but I'm really curious why it is Republicans I, are signing I off. Wanna, wanna, what's that? Yeah, I could. Judge, I just wanted to build on, you know, kind of. So I think last week we talked about how insecure the border is and how we had an all-time, you know, 21-year high of apprehensions on the border in May. Uh, you know, over 170,000 people apprehended over the last three months. Uh, how the you know, Biden administration is directly responsible in their policy choices. You know, stop building the wall, not getting rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, not deporting people under 542. You know, basically, basically created an open border and has really exasperated a true humanitarian crisis on our southern border. The next piece of that is the drugs and the crime that that's bringing. Uh, and so, um, you know, last year, heartbreakingly, we, we had over 80,000 Americans overdose on drugs. Um, that is an all-time high. That is more people dying in one year from drug overdoses than died in the entire Vietnam War in 12 years. So this is a this is a, a true problem in our country. And understand, a decade ago, it was about 12,000. So we've had huge increases in the number of people dying annually. Uh, and this is taking away, you know, and this is people at all, all, all stages of life. I mean, uh, here in McKinney, we had a, sadly, we had a grandmother OB. You know, we have children, you know, I've talked to parents of, of children that have OD, uh, and, and these are these are young adults that are OD. So this is this is a really serious uh, crisis, and the the border lack of security on the border is exasperated. Uh, year to date, the border patrol has captured more fentanyl in five months than they captured all of last year combined, uh, or all time record high in fentanyl captured. And the other thing that's happening on the border is we're watching criminals come across. Uh, and we're watching, you know, convicted felon after convicted felon crossing, coming across, uh, people that have been deported before that are coming back again, and because they know they can. Uh, and that is creating, uh, you know, and we're watching, you know, crime uh, go up uh, in a lot of our major cities across the country. But fortunately, for those of us that live here in Collin County, uh, you know, Plano, Texas, uh, McKinney, Texas, Frisco, Texas are three of the 10 safest cities in America last year. Uh, but that is not the case uh, in places like New York City and Portland and Chicago and LA where they're having very dramatic increases um, in crime and murders. 
uh, and and it is it is a result of letting criminals across the border, and it's a result of defunding the police, um, which which several uh, Democrat cities have undertaken. Um, and unfortunately, here in Texas, in Austin, they defunded the police, and um, I think they're right on the verge of crossing over last year's uh, total number of murders, and it's they're not, and they're only halfway through the year. Um, so it's it's really shocking what's happening in the city. And again, the Biden administration, uh, they, their policy is a very specific direct policy. Hey, we're going to unsecure the border. We're going to let people come across. And that means letting drugs come across. It lets it lets uh, murders come across, and it's letting human trafficking victims come across. Uh, and so this is this is a serious problem, and it is directly attributable to what the White House has 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 done. It's it's an overt act. It's not a failure to act. It's a decision to act in a particular way. Uh, it's not that they just sat on their heels. And if, if, if President Biden had just gone to the beach and not touched the border, it would still be one of the most secure borders. Well, I'll tell you, I know that for a fact, um, I've got family members, not family members, I, I consider them family members, that live in Eagle Pass, uh, that live in Brownsville, and there is a direct link to crime and crossing the border. I you don't know it. what people don't get about the fact that our borders are being used as huge trafficking zones, especially when Biden invites everybody to come over. Come on, everybody, let's go. And now we're using humans as shields to some extent to be able to continue to commit those crimes as they cross the border. Well, and it, the fact is the border patrol is overwhelmed. Uh, and when they have a huge surge in, in economic migration, it makes it easier for criminals and drugs and human traffickers to get across. And so that's what you're seeing. Uh, and it's, and it's, what's interesting is this is not just a border state, border community problem. This is a national problem. This is causing drug overdoses right. to go up in Ohio. It's causing murders to go up in Oregon. It's causing, uh, you know, human trafficking victims to be spread across this country. So, so this is this is creating this is making America less safe. Right. Um, I think the perception maybe initially was, well, gee, that's going to make you know the Rio Grande Valley less safe. That's where the problem is. It's not. It's it, this is this is creating a national problem in terms of drug overdoses, a national problem in terms of murder rates. Um, and it's, it's very serious. Uh, and, uh, and there are people that are dying as a result of the poor, again, these are overreaction decisions. You know, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to get rid of this policy, um, the Remain in Mexico policy. We're going to do this. We're not going to build a border wall. Money was appropriated, materials were purchased, the contractors were, the contracts were let. Everything was ready to go. It was, it was, it was going, and we, we, were, we had a very stable border on January 19th, in the morning of January 20th. And, and it, it, it was destabilized in the afternoon of January 20th by President Biden. As soon as he got elected, he implemented several policies uh, that have, that have de-secured our border. Well, it just blows me away that with a stroke of a pen... That fa it's almost like they were standing at the gates, poised and ready. It really does. It, it really does. So, yeah. Well, I, mm. I would like to talk because this is it well, sounds and like they were <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, I, th I think once President Trump um, did not win re-election, and that's a whole other topic for a whole other day, whether you believe the results or not. But um, it was like 
folks started lining up then. They started making their plans because it was literally a flip of the switch once that, that ink was dry. You know, op-ed kind of moment here, Congressman Taylor. I mean, you're not going to have the answer to this, but I would like your opinion on this, right? How is it that we can continue saying things like, and I'm talking about our vice president specifically, saying things like, we didn't have, we president, the previous administration caused this problem. The previous administration created this crisis. And now it's starting to shift over into other areas of government where Biden, uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris are starting to use the same type of rhetorical attack on common sense, right? Uh, critical race theory, uh, the economy, jobs. <coughs> Uh, they're using that same type of rhetoric, and they're getting away with it. it. It's okay. And I read an article, an op-ed on USA Today from a Democratic strategist, where he's, he's saying that we're a two-party system and, and that we really just need to, to get rid of all the Republicans and go to a one-party system, essentially. How do, how, do people, how do people swallow this, and why are we printing this in masses, and how do we change, how do we change that? How do we change the rhetoric? You know, it's uh, we're we're in challenging times, uh, but I think you know, I, you know, we're all Americans. We all care about the future of our country, uh, and you know, I think I think you know what's more important than anything is humility, uh, and just saying, you know, hey, we, we made a mistake. This this you know, we we thought this was a good idea, uh, and it didn't work out. Um, but instead, there's this arrogance of. You know, well, I, I, I did this, therefore I'm right. I mean, what was really shocking to me was listening to Vice President Harris, who wouldn't visit the border for 90 days, and she finally went and visited, and then said, we're making progress. And well, if you look at the numbers, um, we're not making progress. We're going backwards. And it's, mm-hmm. it takes humility to say, you know what, this isn't going the way I wanted it to yeah. go. Uh, this is not what <clears> I intended. Uh, I, you know, like, I wanted a secure border. I wanted it to go down, not up, but it's gone up. But to turn around and say well, we're making progress is, you know, it's just kind of a de- it's a denial of the facts. Um, but it's really driven out of a lack of humility. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think back to probably the greatest policy fiasco of the 20th century, which is prohibition. Um, you know, the people that voted for it largely were the people that voted to get rid of it because uh, it was such a such a short lived policy. And, you know, the people who voted to get rid of it, they said, hey, I made a mistake. I should have voted for the first time. I'm voting to get rid of it now. They got reelected. And I think people are generally pretty understanding when things don't go the way they thought they would go. Um, And so voters will forgive, you know, policymakers when when policy doesn't work out. And I think that but what's upsetting, and I think what's hard to forgive, is when people refuse to admit that there's a problem. Uh, And so uh, there's a very serious problem in the U.S.-Mexican border. It's a very serious humanitarian problem, and that problem is spilling into our cities. Yes, it's spilling into the arms of our youth. It's spilling uh, onto our streets, uh, and it's it, it's very serious. And I think that the, the sooner the Biden administration admits they've got a problem and they need to secure the border, the better off we're all going to be. I just I'll tell you, I'm just so tired of hearing them come on, and it's it's they're just lying. I mean, it's not it's just not the truth, and it's not a variation of somebody's perception of what the truth is. They're just not facts. It's like, how can we get on social media and be told we're being fact-checked 
And yet the vice president and, and the president can go out in front of the American people and with the truth in the face of everybody say that that's not what's happening. That that's not, I'm like, I just don't understand. Well, just blatantly deny it. When everybody, well, they're, they're, they don't even deny it. They, they just change the storyline. It's well, no, no more deniability. Well, it's, 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 it's what, what, did, what did they call that, JP? And we, we talked about this when they first started, liberals first started bringing this out. It's, um, it's it's their truth. Well, they're it's, gaslighting. It's their, well, but but also they had it. It's, it's, <laughs> I know it's I'd like make this is, Congressman Taylor laugh. He's, he's, well, they're you, gaslighting you know, America. Oh well, and well, we're falling for it hook, line, and sinker. It, you know, I mean, it it just it is what it is. I mean, it's so sad. You had Janet Stocky two weeks ago saying at the White House at the podium in the White House saying, "Well, the Republicans are the ones that want to defund the police," and it's just shocking. I mean, you know, here are the, the Democrats last summer started saying we need to defund the police and democrat city councils around the country including in austin defunded the police they absolutely did it i mean they, they took affirmative votes and these are and the republicans were saying this is terrible don't do this bad no stop uh the whole time uh and you know somehow i mean you know obviously it's not going well uh, and so the jen Psaki's trying to say oh it wasn't the democrats that wanted it was the republicans I just I can't imagine the American people are that dense. Um, I mean, I know I know the squad isn't asking to be you know Republicans because that's the party of defunding the police. They want to stay Democrats um, because that's where that idea came from, and that's where that idea is being enacted. It's not just an idea; it's an action um, that city councils around the country have enacted, and some of them, fortunately, are going back. Um, I know in Austin there's an effort to undo the defund the police movement, and the right. mayor, the city council, is fighting that. There's a there's a plebiscite. The people are so angry about the increase in murders, murders, people dying, being shot to death in the streets of Austin. They're so upset about that crime that they're pushing on on undoing the defund the police movement in Austin, Texas. I mean, Austin has cut so many police officers. They're getting rid of their gang unit. They're getting rid of their vice unit. They're getting rid of sexual crimes unit. They've gotten rid of the parks unit. There's a murder. They got rid of the lake unit. There's a murder on the lake. They don't have a lake unit anymore. I mean, so you, you've got real problems uh, as a result of these terrible Democrat policy, and they're so bad that the White House is trying to pin it on Republicans, which is just, I mean, it, but again, I can't imagine the American people are going to fall for this one. It's, it's so blatantly false. Uh, and really just defies the facts of the logic of what actually – and the history of what transpired. It's not a very long history either. It's only a year long uh, to go from where the idea of defund the police came from to where it is. And, and, and I'll just throw out this one other thing. I was I, literally within maybe 24 hours of Jen Psaki saying, well, Republicans are the ones who want to defund the police. And she's just – for clarity, she is the White House spokesman, uh, spokesperson uh, for and, uh, and literally within within 24 hours of saying that, I got an email uh, from a, uh, a Democrat politician saying, I wear defund the police as a badge of honor I mean, as a fundraising effort. You know, hey, send money to me because I will defund the police. Jeez. I mean, it, it, you know, no Republicans ever done that. 
That's insanity. But this is the gaslighting. I'm telling you, it is legitimate gaslighting. I mean, the entire American public, we need like counseling for this. Well, we've all, everybody's bought into (laughs) it. And, you know, you've got this entire, and this is something, you know, JP and I are going to be talking about this at at a later date on the show, but I'm sure you've seen um, some of the things going around with this younger generation, in particular, college age kids who literally are not proud to be an American, and they're waving that like a badge of honor. They um, learned it from college, by the way. They said yeah, they learned it from their college professors. They've got college professors who hate America, so therefore they're turning around going, okay, well, I hate America too. And then you've got everything going on that you've got from, you know, the president and the vice president and this, this administration that has their own narrative that doesn't really fit factually anywhere, and, and that – you know, it makes it where it's not okay to be patriotic anymore. There's something that's gone horribly wrong when it's bad to be patriotic. Well, and I'd like to talk well, about what is patriotic when, when Congressman uh, Taylor gets done with this. Yeah, well, I, I'll, just, I'll just say that, you know, it's, it's, it's very sad to see this, you know, anti-American sentiment among our own people and not really, it, but it, it's, it's in a vacuum. Right. I mean, you go, I mean, go look at the political stability of Turkey or, yeah. uh, you know, pick, pick any country you want to, you know, would you rather live in China? Would you rather have the Chinese Communist Party telling you what to do and where to go and controlling your spending and your movement? I mean, we are, we are the freest nation on earth and you know, we're the best nation on earth because so many people want to come to it. I mean, we have a problem on the other side of because so many people want to come here. Uh, if it was so terrible, they'd be trying to get out. <laughs> Not yeah. uh, and so you 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 know, and, and just 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 to throw out a number, you know, we we give about 1.1 million new green cards every year. We're the most generous nation on earth when it comes to legal immigration, and we also naturalize another 700,000 people every single year. So foreigners come to this country and naturalize, unlike any other country on earth. Uh, which tells you how great this country is. If people are literally, literally dying to get here um, as they cross the Rio Grande River and literally drown in an effort to get here, it must be a pretty great place if it's worth risking your life for. That's true. Um, and so, it, you know, and, and look, I realize it's creating a security problem for our country right now, but it also demonstrates how great our country is. See, I think we should round up all those college students and force them across the Rio Grande the other way. <laughs> You don't like it here so much. Yeah, you hate it. Hey, go, Why don't you yeah. cross that direction? Well, you know, hey, ship well, them all over to Venezuela for a while. Let's see. When you're trying to share a toothbrush. Yeah. and I'll, 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 only take a, I'll only take a couple weeks on the ground to go, okay, I get it. Let's go. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. So on a positive note, uh, talk to us <laughs> yeah, about. talk about something happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's going on in our district? Uh, what's going on in CD3? What things do you have coming up? Do you have internships coming yeah. up again? Do you have the art project yeah, coming up again? Congressional Youth Advisory Council, yes. uh, which, uh, well, you know what, Kathy, why don't you tell us about that? You, you have a little experience. It's, it's fantastic. Well, my, my daughter was able to participate in Congressman Johnson's final um, kayak Congressional Youth Advisory Council program. And then my son was very blessed to um, participate in your inaugural um, Congressional Youth Advisory Council. And it's so funny because things I had said at home and things I had talked about over the years, all of a sudden you say it. On a Saturday afternoon, and he comes home. He's like, "Well, you know, Congressman Taylor said such and such." And I'm like, "Oh, 
okay, I never said that before, but <laughs> it's great. It teaches the kids about, again, talk about patriotism. It teaches them to be proud of being involved in their local, state, and national government. Be proud of the fact that you get a chance to vote when you turn 18. Be informed. Um, you know, there's great debates that happen, and just so much knowledge is gained, really hands-on knowledge about the program or about your government. And I think it's so great, uh, Congressman, because at a young age, kids get to appreciate that, hey, I can be a part of this, and I should be. And so I love it. I can't say enough great things about the program. Well, and if next Wednesday, Congressman Taylor, if we could talk about what's going on in the district and what, what kids can sign up for, what they could be expecting, and uh, when your next coffee may be, or something along those lines, that'd be great. So the uh, Congressional, just, just the Congressional Youth Advisory Council, just to kind of get this point home, uh, last year, we had six meetings. Uh, one was with me. Uh, we actually had a meeting with myself and the state legislators. Uh, we had a judiciary. We had a meeting with uh, actually uh, Texas uh, Health and Human Services professionals and the county health department to talk about the COVID response. Um, and we, we had you know, meetings with school board members, uh, with, um, with mayor, city council members. And so really to teach children, uh, these are high school age kids, uh, you know, sort of uh, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, um, to give them an opportunity to learn about civics, uh, to learn about how their local government works. You know, how does, how does, what's the difference between federal court and state court? You know, what's the difference between the, what does the U.S. Congress handle? handle? What does the state legislature handle? What does the county commissioner's handle? What does city council handle? What does the school board handle? Uh, and so, you know, understanding because our, our, our governmental system power is distributed among all these different groups, right? And so, you know, in France, you know, the, the school system is a national school system that's run at the federal level by you know, a unicameral legislature. Here, school systems are run largely at the local level with some inputs from the state level, right? So that's just one example that we we go into detail and talk about all that and really help try to help kids understand. How does our government work? Where would I go to, you know, what handles what? Um, and so we have a very, very, very positive response uh, from kids that do it. They absolutely love it. Uh, they really enjoy it. Um, and so uh, applications are due uh, in my office um, by April, by, I'm sorry, by August 5th. Um, so if you know uh, a young person uh, who they, you think would enjoy uh, learning about civics and it's, 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 you know, six meetings was last year's, uh, they were on Saturdays. I think one was a Tuesday night for, uh, for a particular meeting. Um, you know, it's a chance to learn about civics and to be part of the Vanderbilt Congressional Youth Advisory Council, uh, in the important thing. And it's, it's, it's taught in a nonpartisan way. There's no, there's no, uh, indoctrination of any kind. It's just, it's just, Hey, this is how, this is how the system works. Um, and it also, a uh, kid's got a chance to, to work on their own, we we did a, a, an exercise to work on uh, non uh, non nonpartisan you know consensus legislation uh, to uh, in the U.S. House, and uh, they actually they decided to work on some right off the line legislation. So uh, and you know, they they work through different ideas in their groups, and so it's a chance to learn about the legislative process for them. I think Good it's cool stuff. stuff. Good great. stuff. We appreciate you, Congressman. All right, so Congressman Taylor, before we let you go, we have to. <laughs> decide the national debate and we're going to have you What's weigh in today? on it. it's a national debate 
Oh, it is? Cotto salami oh, okay. versus oh, no. hard salami. <laughs> We're on a food kick lately, Congressman, just just so you know. <laughs> so do you go with the heat pressurized meat or you go with the fermented salted uncooked meat? Hard salami or cotto salami? Uh, I'm all, I, it depends on what you're in the mood for, but you know, if you're just going to ask me to you know, start noshing on something, I think I'm going to go with the hard salami. There you go. There He's you. my man. Oh, bam. <laughs> National debate you has got been resolved. <laughs> he, I'll go pound a sign for him now. <laughs> he and I can be on the same team. Hard oh. salami. <laughs> Congressman Taylor, thank you. Thanks, Congressman. Hey, thank you we so appreciate much. you. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week, right? Thank you, absolutely. Look forward to it. All right, thank you, Congressman Taylor. So there you go. Oh, that's so funny. It's like, oh gosh, what question is it? I know, know? right? It's like, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. It depends on. Now I love. Now I'll take cotto salami on a sandwich. You know, I just won't. But then hard salami, I like to do with crackers or with cheese. Genoa salami. I'll put on a sandwich. Oh, interesting. See, Genoa, uh, it's hard, but not... Not as hard. Right. right. But salami, it's like eating, I don't, like eating water mush. Yeah, it, it, it is kind of mushy. I'll no, do no. that. Like, yeah. I'll do that if it's, if I've got, like, roast beef and some other meats with it, you know, yeah, kind of a thing. So you're brave. But, but, my, but I prefer, and, we, and, you know, gosh, Michael and I will do this, you know, several times a month for just for dinner when it's just the two of us and just cut up some dry salami. And I like the kind that has the um, black coarse um, crushed pepper all around the outside of it and um, take that and some really good cheese and some nice crackers and some good mustard, several versions of mustard, horseradish mustard, making my mouth water. Okay, all these food segments make my mouth water. Well, you ready for this? <laughs> there, if you were to type in, this is fun. Yeah. If you were to type it, because there's a debate evidently. Oh, Cotto we versus did not hard know. salami. Do you know it'll produce? A Depends paste? on the wine I'm drinking, is what Michelle says. <laughs> and wine does go with the hard salami. Yeah, but see, cotto salami <laughs> is garbage. It's just garbage. It's, so what they do? Did you know? Do you know the process of making cotto salami? Cattle? I don't know that I want to know the process of making any kind of meat because well, I would like to be able to eat it again. So, but cotto salami, they just heat it up, right? So they okay. cook it. They heat it. Right. All right. And then you serve it as like a soft. And that's why it's softer. Right. Okay. And so whereas the hard salamis are different, are generally cured. Um, I mean, and, and I mean, it fermented and salted and ah, good stuff. Well, and those are like, I would never eat a piece of cotto salami just by itself or on a cracker. Whereas dry salami, oh yeah, I'll cut a couple of pieces of that up and grab that for lunch and be a happy camper. So facts it about really is making my salami. Mouth. Facts about Water. hard salami. Yeah. Did you know that if you were to cut a piece of salami off yes. of the, the stick and take the casing off, right. right? Set it on your counter for three days. After three days, it starts to lose its flavor. Well, what? first of all, I don't think I'm going to keep it on my counter. Well, but but <laughs> remember, it doesn't go bad because yeah. it's been fermented, right? I so, know, but bugs could get on it, you know. But do you know, though, if you leave the hard salami in its casing, it doesn't to, lose its favor, and flavor, you and you don't have to ever refrigerate it. Right, and I knew that. But once you once you cut it up and um, take that casing off, then you've got to put it back in your refrigerator. Right. Yeah. So, and did you know that not only is it fermented, but it's air dried? Did not know at that at room temperature for thirty to forty days. Huh. Did not know that. See, there you go. More things. you Yeah, get to I know. Learn. I'm I'm a big fan of salami. The only thing is, there's just so much sodium in it. It's so good. It's just so good. Do you know why they add nitrates to hard salami? Mm, I I don't know to keep it around to keep it keep the bacteria and the fungus out. 
Oh, yeah, because it's got that moisture. So, yeah, you right. could get the fungus and the mold real quick. Right. That doesn't make it sound very appetizing. Now, do you know? But, okay, so do you? what kind of mustard do you eat with your salad? Brown, hello, brown, yeah. spicy. See, yellow, I'm, really? I'm, yellow, really? I'm brown, spicy. Brown I'm spicy. also horseradish um, mustard. I can live with or that. Or jalapeno mustard. One of those is uh, always good. I don't know. I think you're crossing over. Oh. Well, and have you ever, now, have you ever done the salami, that, or the hard, um, dry salami that has um, little chunks of jalapeno and cheddar in it? It, well, is that a hard salami or is that summer sausage? Because I've never heard of that being a hard salami. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, they've got the kind, the cheddar I kind, the hard Google. kind. Yeah, they've got the cheddar kind. I have to go. Yeah, up at Kroger. Uh, uh, did, you say, <laughs> did you say up my Kroger? Up at Kroger, oh. near my olive bar. Hold on, I got to look this. And up. we've got to do a whole segment talking about food on olive bars. Because during the pandemic, when all the olive bars were shut down, that was like a major issue for me because if there's one night a week that I'm the only one at home eating dinner, JP knows where I'm going. I'm hitting the olive bar. See, that's more <laughs> of a summer sausage. No, but they've got the kind that have that have that are hard that have the spices in it. They're not agreeing with you. Well, the Google it's good. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. Now, and I, I am, but my favorite jalapeno and cheese in it. My favorite one is though is the cracked pepper. I think it's like Boar's Head has a really good one. Is that is, yeah, Boar's is that Head a hard thinking? salami or is that a Genoa the hard, salami? The, I think it's hard salami with the black is pepper Genoa around is not, it. Genoa is not hard salami. It is a harder salami. See, I don't know the difference see, between see. There's a there's a cotto, Genoa. See, there's a cotto versus Genoa versus hard salami. Okay. So there's somewhere in between. That could be. I like the ones that have all the pepper on the outside. Next time I'm at Kroger, I'll send you a picture of the one I like. See, now I'm looking now, and I'm seeing the Genoa salami has the jalapenos and the... Then maybe that's what I see. I see, didn't realize there's right a difference. And I didn't realize it, there's a difference between Genoa and... See, um, and they still call it summer sausage. It's a pork summer sausage right. still. Right. So, yeah, see, the hard is hard. Like, generally, it's just the salami because of the way they do the cooking. Okay, see, then I didn't realize there's a difference. So, um, but you with know? that being said, it could be out there, and I could be very wrong. So, Lord knows that that has been more often than not. <laughs> Dr. Good said, I'm, I'm so glad the salami talk happened after me and Taylor and not after me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dr. Good, funny. we can always bring a question back next week. We can. So, um so, again, Susan Schuler says, hard salami all the way with crackers and good cheese. It's the best. Yes. Amen. Dr. Good says, yep. processed meats leads to cancer. Just saying. So does breathing, though, Dr. Good. <laughs> you and I disagree on this because I think that I walk around, I'm going to catch it anyways because I'm breathing. Uh, let's see. So glad the salami talk happened after my head. Yeah. And it's all bologna to me. Dr. Good, you've just offended my taste buds. It is not all bologna. Okay, and then bologna is a whole other segment we need to no, talk no, no, about today, one day. Yeah, today is hard salami versus cotton. Yeah, because bologna is a whole other thing. What is in bologna? No, you've, you're no, you're That's not. That's another do that. day. No, no, another okay, day. it's another day. So, again, so my Stay big thing tuned. is cotto or hard. See, to me, cotto is just this soft, mushy stuff that just doesn't have good flavor. Yeah. Have you not ever had cotto in on a sub, like at Jersey yeah. Mike's or Subway or something yeah, like that, mixed with a bunch as, of other it's things? Not as good. You just prefer? Well, no, 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 no. And I'm not saying That's if I'm you saying had to choose salami. one over another, but then I don't even think of cotto salami in the category of when i think of salami i think of cutting it up on the board getting some good cheese getting some good mustard i agree with michelle get some good wine the other to me is only for a sandwich oh. and it's only for a sandwich if you have multiple meats and cheeses in it so you have to open your eyeballs to so. genoa and hard salami with a provolone 
and mozzarella mix. Bring it in. That's the same. Bring it in. See oh. now, is 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 the hard salami not too hard to eat on no. a sandwich? No, you though? just got to bite down. Use those teeth. Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe cut it in a little bit thinner of a slice or something. Well, I'm just saying, I just bite. Down. <laughs> you just tear into just it. Just bite your down teeth. and go at it. It's a, it's a sandwich. <laughs> I'm telling you. So for me, it's hard salami. All right, for the crew. I mean, do you like cotto salami or do you prefer hard salami? And again, for me, when you do a hard salami, it better be a German mustard or a brown spicy mustard, or it can be a horseradish mustard. Yes, um, something. It can't. Well, just yellow regular mustard? yellow no. mustard. Now, if I, which is very rare, that I would only have yellow mustard, I'll do that. But that's only if that's all I have. Hard which salami. again, in my house, usually there's nine kinds of mustards. Right. <laughs> there's a, literally a whole shelf is just condiments. All right. Let's see. Michelle says Kayla has a cheat and meat, cheese and meat platter in the fridge every week. As her snack, oh, I may have a 5 p.m. wine and join her. That's love fun. It. How fun is I that? I love it. That's fun. That is way that fun. That is fun. That's so, good times. All right. Um, oh, and Piper lost a tooth, another tooth today. Oh, so there you go. So the tooth fairy visited Piper, and inflation has hit. She got $8. <laughs> I need to lose a tooth. I'm coach. like, man. <laughs> so Fred says so yay, Piper only has a first. It's O-F-C-A-R. Uh, and it had a second Fred, name. It's, it's love you, Fred. <laughs> Killed me, Fred. So, just in, also in some news, um, which to me is kind of sad. I thought we were beyond this. I thought it was more TV than anything else. President of Haiti was assassinated in his home, and his wife shot next to him. Oh, uh, wife is in critical condition oh in the hospital. Uh, President of Haiti died. Um, he wow. had stopped free elections over the last two years, and had started to impose his will. I get that. I get you've got a tyrant, possibly. Let's unseat a tyrant. Um, but to assassinate, I just, I, I thought that was something of the past. And evidently it is not. And so, and so we have just a, a good old-fashioned overthrow of the government. You didn't want one good Wow, it, it, I had not heard that. Did that just happen this just week? Happened just happened Wednesday night. Late okay, Wednesday wow. night. Well, yeah, because I guess over there it's earlier than here. Or early, no, early Wednesday morning. So okay. this morning, probably around. I don't know what time. Okay, whatever time. In the morning, okay, but early. literally just happened. So yes, and so prayers go out to the folks in Haiti. I guess it's unstable, uh, anyways. But um, to assassinate and again, just, and again just, I thought that was a movie thing. I didn't. Think you know, they did that and just anymore. and thank goodness, you know, again, we live in America now. Obviously, I mean, we're sitting here, you know, bashing the current administration this morning. You know, we we don't agree with them. We don't agree with the majority of the policies, but. You don't ever, that's never a consideration, you know, that's just not a consideration. Now, what we're doing right now, you know, I was just at Dallas County Republican headquarters with the, um, uh, Deanna got me, uh, got, got me a chance to meet with the co-chairman of the Republican National Committee. We're already working. We're already talking voter registration drives and all kinds of good stuff. We're already working on 2024. That's how you handle it. Right. And God bless us and God bless this country that we live in. That we get to handle our business like that. If you don't like the current administration, you know what? Get off your get off your rear end. Go vote. And go vote. Go yeah. vote. I yeah, agree. I mean, it's just real that that simple. Well, and don't allow a hundred thousand of the people that are no longer on the rolls to vote. That's yeah. always a good thing too. <laughs> if someone's one hundred and seventy, they might they might not still be around. I think I hear the music starting. Do we hear the music? I think I hear the music dun, 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 starting. Or is that just in your head? So. But Love yeah, y'all. <laughs> you know, before a presidential election, clean up your voter rolls. Georgia, um, you know, he oh, threw out a hundred thousand. Yeah. A hundred thousand people got cast out of the election process in Georgia post-presidential election because they no longer 
were a part of the election process. Uh, well, but I mean, yet those people were on the rolls to get to vote. You, and you had people who literally were like, and, and not that there aren't people that live to be 102 or 110, but it's very rare when you had page after page after page of people over 100 who are voting. Does it not kind of make you go, do they have the fountain of youth there and we don't know about it? Or what's right. the situation? Right. You know. Um, well, these are people yeah. that have moved. These are people that no longer have been, had not voted in a well, long time. People who voted in another state because they've lived in another state for 10 years, but they were still on the voter rolls and somehow voted in that state, too. And it was great seeing Fred. Fred hosted a little barbecue. Enjoyed That's that. So nice. You, That's so nice. Yep. Carter hey. got to do his first swim. Oh, before we leave, and we got to do the unveil. So he looked like he was having so much fun. Look what Kathy brought. Yeah, that's it's from me and Michael and Emily and CJ. So oh, so little, here we got little, an unveil. So we little do, something fun. You can play the music. We like the music. Yeah, so we we're like to take it out it. one piece of paper at a time. <laughs> oh, there's something heavy. There's let's several see. things in oh, there. Oh, oh, let's see. It's a theme. Oh, look how fun is that. <laughs> He's going to love that. It's Eric Carl. Yeah, that Eric how Carl, fun. who just passed away at 91, right. uh, just a, m- a month before last, I yeah. think. Um, my Can kids loved it? The Very yeah, Hungry Caterpillar and loved all of oh, all of his books. Oh, my goodness. So Carter's got his own Very Hungry Caterpillar stuffed animal. He's got oh, his own little activity set and... For his dad to read to him at night, and this is this is one of my kids' favorite books. Must have read this to Emily and CJ five billion times. The very hungry caterpillar book. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy, Emily, CJ, and Michael. You're welcome. Kathy, I got to have you sign this to Carter. Yes, and I, so I, he knows it's from you. And, guys. and and I did not do that yet. I was going to make sure you were okay with that because I always like to write no, no, in no, the no, books. No, but no, I didn't no. know if maybe you already had that or anything. Nope, so don't have this book. wanted to double check. I love that though. So and I think about throwing my own baby shower. Oh, well, there you go. I Good think times. I might do that. Good times. Yeah, Good times. Well, yeah. Move into that house and I'll help you throw it. Yeah, no <laughs> um, Carter says thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, Yay. just you know, there's nothing better than you know. Doctor Good's always talking about reading and things. There's just nothing better, and you can't ever make up for the time that if you if you don't reach your kids while they're little, you don't ever get that time back. And like literally, my kids have vivid memories about different books. This being one of them. A number of Eric Carle's books being being those books. Um, great memories. You know, they still remember the sounds I made, the voices I used. And um, it turns your kids on to reading. It really does. It really does. So enjoy. And Carter, we love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, everybody have a great, great Wednesday. It is not Monday. And <laughs> I will see you on Friday. Wish Kathy happy trails as she's traveling over to the East Coast. Yep. With heading CJ to Boston. heading to Berkeley. And Berkeley uh, College of Music for camp. And thank you again to all of you, JP, for your generous donation to help CJ with his fundraiser to get to Boston. So we are leaving Friday. Um, he checks into the dorm Saturday and starts classes on Monday. So very excited. Bittersweet for me. Super excited for him. But then I'm like, okay, I, you know, never left one of my children outside of the immediate vicinity of the DFW area for more than, you know, for five weeks. So... There we go. <laughs> All right, everybody have a blessed week as the music goes up. We will see y'all. Thanks, Dr. Well, I'll see you on Friday and have a great rest of your week.